0: Yo, it's Alex Terranova and welcome to Flip the Lens where Brie Holland, London Papa Michael and myself smash down the walls of perfection, performance and looking good to dive face first into deeply vulnerable and personal conversations where we expose and explore what it means to be authentic and how to succeed in a world desperate for a facade. What's up? Welcome back to Flip the Lens. I'm Alex Terranova. What's up, Brie, London? How are you guys? Great. Good morning. What's up? I'm. Uh, I, I. I like. Don't even know where to start this episode because we we've been texting about this all week, and I've been like sharing a little bit with you guys. And I was like, we should talk about this because I think it's a um, it's a topic that people are not looking at. They don't want to talk about. It's painful and it's hard. Um, I want to. Uh, I guess I'll give everybody like a little context, and we can jump in. Um, I, like a week ago, I woke up super sad and I didn't know why. And I just was sad. And I started to like do the work, like ask myself questions, brought it to my coach, brought it to the the people that I know and love me around me. And I really got clear that there was, um, there's like some residual stuff from relationship and that was triggering from my past relationship. And that was triggering, triggering these ideas of, what I thought I wanted in my life and like very ego driven kind of things and I'm not being very specific, but ultimately like I I had this moment where I realized, oh my God, like in, in my life moving forward, I was leaving a part of my life behind, not just a human being and like the pieces of that, but a whole aspect of my life that I thought I was gonna have, that I thought I wanted. And there was like crazy heartbreak and vulnerability and loss and sorrow in that. And as somebody who spent their whole life like, I don't wanna deal with that, like running away from it, I didn't know how to be with the feelings that were coming up. And the thing that got me really excited about this conversation and bringing it to you guys is I was talking to my coach and he says to me, grief is growth. And I was like, whoa, what does that mean? And then I, in my head, I sat with it and I went, oh my God. So we all work out, we're all into fitness in some way. Both of you know, and I know you know this, that when the workout gets hard, that point where it's painful, where we wanna quit and wanna stop is actually the point where we need to get ourselves to keep going, right? That's where the growth, the strength, the endurance, the the muscle building actually happens. If we stop before it gets hard, we don't actually get the benefits. And what I realized is the grief, the sorrow, the pain, the anger, the things that show up in our lives that most of us wanna avoid so we can just get back to happiness is where we get like soul growth where we get human actual growth because it feels exactly the same. I don't want to do it. It's painful. Let me get away from this. But we actually, if we step through it and into it, we can grow. Uh, This quote from a book I'm reading that's being really like helping me with a lot of this, it's called the wild edge of sorrow. There's this quote that I like highlighted underlined and it says, facing our emptiness is our key to our freedom until we do we are driven by lifelong patterns of avoidance. So I want to stop talking and I want to lean over to you guys. What do you guys got?
1: I'm here to listen. I feel, I feel like I'm in this space of content, excitement, vulnerability, but really interested what you guys feel about this because I, I'm just more here to listen, I guess. Um, I don't have a ton of insight as far as my own personal journey.
2: Well, I think, I think in everything, you know, it kind of comes down to choice and also making, you know, coming to terms that you have a choice to decide how you feel or what you overcome or what you do with your life or how you treat somebody. You know, you have a choice to, if you lose somebody, how are you going to grieve? And then everybody grieves differently. So for example, my mom passed away. I buried my mom. That night, I went to a wedding, and I felt like some people would judge me. You know, what's the thing called after
0: you uh, go to a wedding? You go eat. I always call it the after party, but that's not what. Or the funerals yeah. have after parties too. It's weird. What's the technical term?
1: Reception.
0: Or yeah,
2: whatever it's called. But you go like it's like I've been <laughs> grieving for two weeks, and then you're telling me I'm going to go eat, you know, food, and then we're going to grieve some more together. You know, so I pulled my sisters aside, and I was like, "This is one of my best friends. Mom knew him, liked him a lot." And I kind of wanted to celebrate life with death, as in his new life with the woman of his dreams. I didn't go to get wasted or drown my sorrows. But the two people that mattered the most to me said, it's cool. I don't blame you. And uh, that was it helped me grieve. I was around amazing people and I don't have a lot of family, but this core group of friends were at this wedding and it helped me heal. And that's how I chose to grieve. Some people would have stayed there and ate chicken and mashed potatoes with their family and, hey, let's bitch and sob some more about what happened. But I consciously made a choice that I felt was best for me, even though I'm sure some people were in the corner at my aunt's house saying, why is London not here? You know, his mom just died. But ultimately, I'm at peace with that because I made a choice and everything comes down to a series of choices.
0: You actually bring up. Like that's a really cool point in like you so you dealt with sadness and loss through community, right? You it, went like, to you went yep. to people that know you and love you and basically let them essentially connect with you and that helped you actually grieve.
2: Yes. And it's I kind of look at it as finding the light and darkness.
0: Yeah. So it's actually a really cool point because So if you think about one of the things I'm learning through doing research on this, because I don't know what I'm doing, right? I'm like, walk. I feel like I'm walking through the darkness, feeling it out, but I have no idea where I'm going or or how to be with this. And I don't think this is just a masculine problem. Like, Bree, you were like, I don't have a lot of experience with this. And you've shared on this podcast and with me, like your life, there's a lot of stuff that you could be, that you could have grief or sorrow about. Like, it's not. And I think the thing is that I'm learning right now is it's not bad. We're not like... Like this idea of like, we should be happy is the silliest thing ever. Like why? Happiness, who who said that? Like who made up that rule? And happiness and sadness and anger are all just emotions. They show up, but we like allow some to, to move through us and others we stop. And as I'm doing this research, I'm noticing that all ancient cultures have processes for like healing and renewal and revival. Like any, um, pretty much any culture in its like native state has these rituals, and they're all community-based, whereas any modern culture, you know, I know that when I feel like I have to cry or let out an emotion like that, I feel like I got to go like hide in a closet or go in the shower, like somewhere where it feels safe, which is away from people, which if you think about it is the opposite of what you did London, because it's actually me subconsciously telling myself that my feelings or my shame or my sorrow is actually wrong and I need to hide it. And I can't share it.
1: It's interesting that you say like safe. I was struggling with some stuff yesterday and you talk about sadness and sorrow and and that triggers for me. I turn to anger. Like I get really angry. I've, I've shared with my therapist a lot of Past hurt and loss, I don't look at it as sadness. I I get triggered a lot in the way that it's I'm angry. Um if I'm experiencing sadness, I'm angry. I don't like cry because I'm sad. I get mad at people, I lash out at people, I get short-tempered. And so I think for me, I'm really similar in that sense of I try to exclude myself from things go find quiet space try to like resolve it because I don't want that anger within me and so I think it's interesting starting therapy has helped me kind of see oh maybe that is just sadness and grief that is appearing as just something like I didn't recognize it as grief because it's just a different emotion that's coming out in my 30s of stuff that I've suppressed. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting to look at that, flipping the lens and saying, maybe that is grief that I just haven't dealt with because when I was 15, I was too scared to even be sad about something. Or, you know, when I struggled at 18 in an abusive relationship and experienced grief and having to walk away from that relationship because I loved somebody so much and being, you know, that person that you trust and are vulnerable with and having that stripped away from you, even like in a mindset of knowing it's not good for you, it's unhealthy, that grief came out as anger and it always has. So it's interesting to hear how each one of us kind of, how it comes out differently and how expressing it and what we need for sure is completely different.
0: Somebody said to me, um, Sometimes we, I love that you brought the anger piece in. Cause somebody said to me, sometimes we mask anger with sadness because we've made anger so wrong. Like in our, we've made anger more wrong than sadness. Like it's okay. It's like, it's, it's, I'm, I'm quoting here. Like it's weak to cry or like whatever, like these, these stories that take away our humanity, but anger is like dangerous So often one of the things like what somebody shared with me is like, are you sure you're not angry and you're actually, instead of dealing with the anger, you're making it sad. And I was like, oh, that's a, that's like a cool point too. And I love what you said about like going back to 15, because I think a lot of this loss and grieving that I'm feeling is 38 years of undealt with sadness, grief, loss, anger, frustration, disappointment, heartbreak, all these things, because I never dealt with them. I might have had moments, but I probably drank it off, or I probably like found somebody else to go lean into, but I didn't actually like take it on and lean into the heartbreak or the pain. And I think something that I've seen that I think is really cool is, and I'm curious how you guys see it for you when, when bad stuff happens and people have their emotional reaction, whether it be anger or sadness, and we can look at them from outside and go, man, it's like they're like a little kid again. They turn into like the teenage version. You, you guys have friends that when they get angry, you're like, why are they acting like they're like 15? The thing that one of the things I'm learning is if we don't deal with the stuff from our past, when, we, when it gets triggered in our in our adult life, we revert back and behave the way that it originally started because we never actually grew. I don't know if you guys noticed that or something.
1: I think it's our core, our core belief system where so many of us go through hard times, struggles, pain, experiences that as adults, and again, you know, going back to therapy, this has been a hot topic for me is like, I'm fine with it. I'm 30 and my brain thinks like an adult now and I'm, and I'm okay. I can, take care of my kids. I can wake up in the morning and brush my teeth and do all the things and be okay. But then I have these meltdowns, these anxiety, you know, I'm struggling with panic attacks lately, like a lot. And I'm finding that my core belief system was instilled since seven years old. And going back to that child mindset of, I wasn't 30 then. I wasn't making decisions based on I'm an adult and, and can be smart And look at it and be like, I'm not going to express those emotions because I have to go to work because I have to raise my kids. At seven, those core values were instilled in me. So even at 30, my brain is wiring back to how I dealt with pain, how I dealt with sorrow, how my parents reacted to when I was struggling it was a very unsafe space so i i wouldn't react i would clam up and move forward okay this isn't going to be dealt with or talked about or resolved so i'm just going to clam up say it's fine and that's how i've dealt with things it's a very unsafe thing knowing that it might not be resolved or that my pain or the struggle or the sorrow i'm feeling is going to be put out there and then dismissed so i might as well just shut up and deal with it and so my core value from 7 I mean, working with my therapist, that was like a, a pivotal moment <laughs> yeah. where I started seeing those things.
2: Yeah. That's awesome. I love look- Yeah, I think that, you know, the past comes back to, you know, it can come back to haunt you. So I'm such a very, I'm a passionate person, but I have some, I have an ego. I have rage. I have anger from the things that have happened to me in my past and it takes time to overcome that. So I've let that get the best of me. And when I see red, I see red. So, like, I had a manager totally, like, disrespect me at the end of a shift. And I was so heated that I clapped back at her. When I say clap back, I, like, yelled back and cursed. And ultimately, I lost. The, what I did right was I stood up for myself because she was speaking to me wrong. But I let that passion and anger and rage inside of me like I was like, well, no, hold. who the fuck you talking to man? Like you don't talk to me like that because you. I believe in me, I know I'm good for the most part. So it's like you're attacking my character. Like why are you coming at me? I just did my shift. Just ask me to count the money. Don't throw the tip jar at me and be rude to me. Like I'm sorry you had a shitty day and you hate bartending. I don't like it either but just let's make our money count and then go home. But she got the best of me because I'm still dealing with the pain inside of me and that can get the best of us. I've woken up before in such a good mood that my ego inside my mind was asking myself, why the fuck are you in such a good mood? And I was self-sabotaging myself, trying to convince myself like, to not be in such a good mood. But I fought back because self-love, I'm trying to get that to prevail. I took my pre-workout. I started listening to Les Brown. I'm the one because that's the <laughs> one that always just it makes my hair stand up on my arms. And I worked out and I got rid of it. And again, it's that constant choice to realize that you got to work at it, man. But in the end, like your happiness isn't your happiness worth it to like overcome that and try to find a way to get rid of that ego? Um, there's, I think they say a bamboo t- takes five years to grow, but nothing happens till the last seven weeks. And then it finally grows like eight feet tall. So did it take seven weeks or did it take five years? No, it took five years. It takes time, but you fucking owe it to yourself to find these ways to like combat that, man. And, you know, I'm still trying to figure out the ways to combat that ego inside of me, that anger, that rage, because it can get the best of me. And it sucks because I know I'm good and I'm trying to do good, but there's still something inside of me that can be triggered. And it sucks that she got the best of me, you know, and I we talked and apologized and it's all good. But I was so disappointed in myself that I let that take take over me. But, you know, my mission statement, you know, help others Why ultimately I heal myself. And that's why I'm doing this with you guys.
1: I think people forget that the reflection of what people put on you. So London in that circumstance, like she could have been like, why are you such a dick? <laughs> like, why? what did I do? And it's like, as people, we have to remember usually that you know, that hurt that comes out or that aggression or that anger, when people lash out, it's such a reflection of what they're going through. And I've learned so much in the last six years, helping people with their health and fitness goals, that obviously it starts internally. And when somebody lashes out because they're hurting, you have to take a step back and be like, or for yourself, if I'm lashing out, what is causing this pain? Like, obviously this is not about. Sarah at the deli who put mustard on my sandwich like this is about (laughs) The pain that I'm dealing with that's boiling over to the point that I can't even be a nice human (laughs) like when it gets to that point and you can take a step back and like you're saying It doesn't mean the pain is not present or that you don't have to keep working on it every day but we all ultimately get the choice to treat humans well and deal with that pain and work through it but it is a decision when you're hurt you tend to hurt others. When you're struggling and in sorrow, you tend to lash out, say words you don't mean, treat people that you, that love and and are your best friends the worst. So I definitely think, you know, when anybody's struggling, when anybody's going through a breakup, I feel like my girlfriends, they go through breakups and it's a struggle and it's painful, you know, they tend to treat you like crap. It's like you have to pick up the tab at the bar. They're being mean, they're snotty, like you know, any situation where somebody's dealing with something really painful, they lash out and you have to learn it's not it's not about you. It's about that person dealing and trying to have that forgiveness and love and be like, "How can I support this person?" You know, when it's flipped
2: Yeah, 100%. And again, trying to rein in the passion for me sometimes, like you don't have to take that to the dinner table all the time, you know, or if somebody says something, it doesn't mean they're attacking your dream or your character or your, you know, just like take a step back. And that's something that I've been working on. And I learned from my past relationship of, I would always just bring that to dinner and then we'd get in an argument. It's like, dude, just take a step back breathe. This is not like you stepping in a conference talking to 10 million people trying to save everybody's life. It's just your girlfriend across the dinner table and just relax, dude, take the pressure off and just have a conversation. And She's not attacking you. She's just talking to you, man.
0: I I love that idea of like taking a step back and calming down. Like there's a, I think we do this thing and I know I used to do it, which is a premature um, like conversation. Premature, premature sharing. And I don't, I don't have a better name for it. Um, but the idea that like, we're feeling something. And then we diarrhea of the mouth it all over our partners, our boss, our friends. And we actually haven't given ourselves any time to actually process like what's going on. Like, I love what you said about what your ego does, you wake up happy, and your ego's like, not okay with that. I I have that same exact thing where right now, if you're if you ask me how my life is, my life is fantastic. Now I'm dealing with some emotional stuff, but that's actually part of being human. That doesn't have my life not be fantastic. And but when I wake up most of the days while my life is fantastic, my ego, it's like, okay, I have a job and there's not a real problem to deal with. So we gotta go find one. So, let's go look everywhere. Let's look at your the person you're dating. what's wrong with them? Let's look at the person you live with. What's wrong with them? Let's look at your bank account. What's wrong with it? Like it's just gonna find something to basically get up in your stuff and sabotage it. And I think that ties back to this this premature like conversation is we get our our stuff all over everyone else, and then it like almost boomerangs back to us not in the way we intended versus like sitting with it. I love, Bree, what you said of like, what is this anger about? It's not, I didn't yell at the lady at the deli because she put mustard on my sandwich and I don't like mustard, right? Like what's actually going on that would have me be like, because normally you might be like, hey, it's cool. Can we just fix the sandwich? Like no big deal. But what's actually going on beneath the layers that had me explode? My, uh, I was talking to my mom about this the other day and she was, re- my mom's a marriage and family therapist and she was relating back to me about what something that she was teaching a client about road rage that in ancient human history if a tribe got attacked the men in the tribe would stand up and basically like basically get loud get powerful to like scare the threat away but also to like announce to the rest of the community but outside communities like hey don't mess with us And she was teaching this client that there's a lingering, that's part of our DNA. It's part of our humanity that we just don't evolve that fast. And when somebody like cuts you off in traffic and somebody freaks out and has a huge reaction, it's part of that. Like as if like, I need to hold my ground. Don't, you can't, you know, you can't run me out of here or disrespect me, then all the other cars will, which is like obviously nonsense. But I love that if you have that reaction and you notice it, and you can go, wait, what is that about? Why did I just get so mad at that person that cut me off or that, you know, was rude to me?
1: Love that we're all aware of how we react. And I think that's a huge part of resolution is if, if you can pinpoint I'm reacting this way, find why, maybe it's not recovering fully from that pain. Maybe it's sitting with it. Um, I mean, there's lots of situations we could probably all talk about that hurt, that are painful. I mean, like I said, from age seven, I'm sure London, you know, your life, having the loss, Alex, things you've gone through, like, we all as as humans can go through and pinpoint struggles. And I don't think it's about getting rid of it. I think it's about having resolution around it where I can sit with it. Like you said, take a breath. And then I can move on with my life, knowing that it's there, knowing that it's present, be present with it and not let it run how you react in a day, how you wake up in the morning. And even if it's present, see it, say hello, and then move forward that, okay, that's there. I'm struggling with that. It's going to be in my brain and I can still go crush my workout. I can still go help my clients. I can still go treat my spouse or girlfriend, boyfriend in a way that's loving and kind. And still have it sitting there in my brain in a spot. It's not going anywhere. It's it's going to be there. And I think that's the difference with, you know, resolving and having resolute around a situation. And it's still going to be there, but how you react and are living, moving forward.
0: Is there anything else, you know, you guys want to share or kind of throw in on this episode? I know, you know, for me, um, just kind of talking about it, like in a way that you guys aren't like telling me what to do or how to fix it or making me wrong for it is there's, there's a cleanliness feel. Like if we can talk about something, like if I can talk about it with you guys and I can talk about it over this podcast, there's a health, like there's something that's like healthier about it. Like it allows it to be free and not, you know, like hidden in the recesses under the staircase, like festering, um, so for me, just being able to have this connect with you both share, um, and, uh, and just like be with it and like, have it be like, Hey, there's nothing to fix here. It's just like a, it's a, um, it's like a storm that passes through, right? Like if there were no storms, well, there'd be other problems. We need the storms in nature. They, they, they do all sorts of, they, they cleanse the environment in all sorts of ways. And we need these storms in our life. Anything you guys want to add before we wrap up this episode?
2: Yeah, I think it all comes in circles back to self-love, you know, and being honest with yourself and realizing when the times are that you need to look yourself in the mirror and call yourself out on your bullshit. And then, you know, taking a step back and sitting on the beach and like taking a deep breath and being like, you know what, like. I'm doing well for myself. I'm fighting for what I believe in. I've got a good connection of people around me and I've done some really great things up to now and life could be a lot worse. I could be unhealthy. I could not have a business. I could not like do something that like excites me in my life, you know, and using any part of the, the sadness, you know, and like I say, you know, turn that pain into power, you know, like take it as a, I take that shit as a personal challenge. Like I'm not asking life to give me any more trouble, but like, you're telling me life, Hey life, you're going to dictate me and what I do No, Like I, I choose this story. This is my movie. This is my lens. I decide what's going to happen. And again, it comes down to the choice. And when I look back, I'm going to be able to say, it's my ultimate goal is to be able to stand there and be proud and say, I did all I could. And I gave my life all I had, the good and the
0: bad. Yeah, that's awesome. I had a, it reminds me of, I, I, I I saw, like, I could see this in my mind and I, I don't know what, like where this came from, but I had this vision of life being like an ocean and the top of the ocean is beautiful, right? Like the waves are up there, like the water, like looks pretty. Our, there's boats, there's palm trees, the sky, the sun, our friends are up there. Like that's where most people live on the surface of the ocean. And we like jump in and out of the water, but, you know, we, we pretty much stay near the surface, but the ocean's super deep. And if we're willing, and if we're brave enough, we'll go down. And when I mean down, it's like going inwards of ourselves And the further you go down in the ocean, the scarier it gets. If you scuba dive, right, the further down you go, the more intense it gets, the darker it gets. But the thing about the bottom of the ocean, however far down we go, there's life down there, even in the most darkest recesses of the ocean, there's like beautiful, magical life that doesn't even need it's like eyes to see. And for me, when I look at like this experience, the things we talk about here, that's to me what life is about. Is like, are you willing to go down deeper and deeper and deeper into the ocean of yourself um, to see what exists in there? Because you can always come back up to the surface. And if you come back up to the surface and bring all that with you, then the surface even becomes more more fulfilled and better.
2: Yeah. And It sucks to go through those difficult things, but like when you earn something and you go through something. So, like, let's say I gave you a Rolex, you'd be like, dude, this is awesome. Thank you so much. But what if you worked your ass off and you earned something? Like, I've been given some amazing things, whether it's gifts or somebody giving me their time and their knowledge. But like, when I've gone out and worked really hard and I've spent that time and that effort and I earned it. Like you're telling me you're going to earn a football scholarship, but you won't earn happiness and like feeling fulfilled. Like you owe it to yourself, like earn it. And when you work for it, it is so much more fulfilling. So take all that negative bullshit and own your life and be able to like, say, you know what, like, it's not going to get the best of me.
0: Thanks guys for, for both of you, for, for doing this, for being here, for letting us dive into this and I, I just you know all of us are super grateful to everyone that that's listening that's uh, that's looking in their own lives and not just like making it about us this isn't about us you know this is great for us but this is actually our intention here is to open up conversations to be real to not hide and and shine a light on things that normally we're not willing to talk about so we hope that we did that for you today Brie London thanks thank you for listening. It's not easy to create these episodes, but we know it's important. We need more real, open, and honest conversations because we know that whatever you're going through, whatever you're dealing with, you're not alone. A life pretending isn't worth living. So please share this podcast with a friend, and thanks for listening.